Welcome to the Patient Safety Podcast. This series is brought to you with the support of W21C and the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Calgary. In Episode 4, Dr. John Conley from W21C and the Department of Medicine at the University of Calgary will be talking about the simple but sometimes elusive practice of hand hygiene. John discusses how hands can be a major vector of disease and how the spreading of disease by hands may be reduced. Please remember to find out more about our podcast authors or to look up any material referenced in this or any other podcast, please visit our website at www.patientsafetypodcast.com. And now, John Conley. I'm here to speak about the importance of hand washing and hand hygiene. From a standpoint of definitions, people sometimes look at different meanings for hand washing and hand hygiene. Hand washing is working under soap and water with running water to be able to wash and lather the hands with soap and then dry them. Hand hygiene can include traditional hand washing or it can also include the use of alcohol-based gel dispensers uh, and you see a number of these commercially available. Many uh, people carry them in their uh, pockets, women carry them in their purses and uh, you'll see that they'll use a small squirt on their hands and then they'll lather their hands and it immediately dries because of the alcohol. So that's to differentiate the two when you look at hand washing versus hand hygiene. I'll be using both together throughout the course of the podcast and some of the points that I'm going to be making apply to either hand washing or hand hygiene in its more general sense. Three major points that I wanted to make were firstly that Hands are the major source of transmission of microorganisms. Secondly, hand washing or hand hygiene is the single most effective and cost-effective means to prevent the transmission of these microorganisms. And the third point is that hand hygiene improvements require multimodal methods, so more than one method when you're looking at it in a healthcare or other type of setting. So let's just go back and look at the first point that I made, that hands are the major source of transmission of bacteria, viruses, fungi. These are the microscopic germs. We know them in more lay terms that can be present on the uh, on the hands or sometimes on contaminated objects as well. I think to take this into context, I'll bring an example. Um, many of you will remember the uh, recent XL meats outbreak with hamburger that had the E. coli uh, 157H7. They've done studies to look at what happens when you make burgers, for example, if you were making them in your backyard for patties and you wanted to host a barbecue in the summer and you had hamburger which had E. coli on it, just by the presence of putting your hands into the meat, rolling the uh, meat together, um, flattening it out, making the patty, at the end of it, if you were done and you had the microbiologist come and culture your hands, you would find an order of 10 million E. coli's that would be carried on your hands just from that act of setting up your summer barbecue. So you can imagine if you did not wash your hands, you had the ability to be able to transmit large numbers of these E. coli's. If you suddenly ran and uh, decided you were going to change the baby's diaper and feed it some pablum, um, give the baby some milk, you've got huge amounts of microbes on your hand. This isn't usually the point that people are unaware of because they'll realize 
Well, I've just padded uh, uh, beef. I've been working with raw hamburger. I best wash my hands. But there are many instances in which people have hands that are uh, soiled to a lesser degree, but they can carry the same numbers of germs or microbes, and then they can transmit them from one person to the next. This applies not only to bacteria, but you could think of someone uh, with viruses, for example. If you have someone uh, who has influenza, and they have a forceful sneeze, and then they immediately go and start conducting health care or tending to someone. You can imagine the ability to transmit those viruses from one person to the other. So you can see very readily how the hands act as a very potent vehicle for the transmission of bacteria, viruses, or even uh, molds and fungi that are present in the environment. And these types of germs are all around us, and that's why it's important, and we're all taught to be able to wash our hands uh, by our parents when we're growing up as children. But it's something that is a lesson that's very important, and we must continue to uh, carry that forward during our lifetimes as well. So other examples are in the healthcare setting. If you were to take someone's blood pressure or you went into a room, a nurse, for example, and she patted someone on the shoulder on the bare skin and then uh, put the blood pressure cuff on and decided to check what the blood pressure was. Before they've gone and washed their hands, if they uh, place their hands onto auger plates or into bags that contain broth and then you culture them to see the numbers of bacteria that are present, in that setting one might find uh, as many as 100,000 germs that are carried on the skin of the shoulder or the arm of that individual. And in the healthcare setting it's uh, particularly important because we often have individuals whose health and immune systems are not that of a normal person who is in robust health. And that's very important to recognize because the numbers of germs and the types of germs and microbes that they may carry is of an order of magnitude greater than that of a healthy person. And also they carry strains that might be more resistant. They're hospital strains that may be more dangerous if they're transmitted from one person to the next. So it becomes very important uh, in the hospital setting and healthcare workers must be reminded that they uh, need to wash their hands after having contact. So that's an important item when you look at the types of microbes and the nature of the microbes that are present in the hospital setting, which may be an order of magnitude greater than that which you might find in a normal healthy population. So again, those are some examples of how microbes can be carried and why the hands are a major source of transmission of these microbes. And we know that some of the microbes that we deal with in the hospital setting, when we think of staph germs or the one that causes diarrhea, the C. difficile diarrhea, can exist for anywhere from several days to several months, particularly the spores. And we've identified that there are certain rooms in hospitals that are known as C. diff rooms because they've had a number of patients who've had C. difficile. And if the rooms are not properly cleaned, then what happens is that the spores are left on the bed rails, on the flooring, and then they may be transmitted to a susceptible or weakened patient who comes in whose immune system is not where it should be, and then they more easily pick up those microbes from that inanimate surface. So it's very important to uh, recognize how these microbes may be transmitted and why I've indicated that they are very important in terms of the transmission. And we all use our hands in our everyday um, life. And so you can see how it's so easy to be able to transmit these microscopic organisms.
That brings us to our second point, which is that hand washing or hand hygiene is the single most effective and cost-effective means to prevent transmission. And in fact, many of us in the healthcare setting believe that it is the cornerstone of all the hygienic practices from aseptic technique to use of masks or gowns. Hand hygiene or hand washing is cornerstone because if you've left that one out, all of the rest aren't going to matter very much. So it's very important to emphasize how important it is in that setting. And the World Health Organization has done a fair amount of work. Many of us are aware that the first global patient safety challenge is on hand hygiene, and uh, over 150 countries have adopted this to try and improve hand washing and hand hygiene in their healthcare settings. And in a review that was conducted of 30 studies that tried to isolate hand washing or hand hygiene as the single most important maneuver, in 27 of 30 of those studies, they were able to find that there was a reduction in the transmission of microorganisms and or infections that were occurring as a result of those microscopic organisms. So again, hand hygiene is the cornerstone of all our hygienic practices. third point that I'm going to move on to is about how to improve hand hygiene or hand washing. And one of the keys is to look at a multimodal presence on the techniques that are used to improve hand hygiene. One of the first things that I'll mention is the model of using alcohol-based hand gel disinfectant has come about in the last 10 to 15 years, and it's been shown that many of these products that contain 60 to 70% alcohol products are very effective at reducing the burden of carriage of the uh, germs on the hands, and one does not require soap and water and lather because that was considered to be an impediment not only to people who lead busy lives in the public health setting but also in the hospital setting and there have been many studies that have shown that the volume of alcohol-based hand gel product that's used correlates with the reductions in the number of hospital associated infections and part of the problem is many hospitals for classical hand washing with soap and water there are not enough sinks around. Many of the old builds have six or four bedrooms. They have a single washroom, and uh, they were built 50 or 60 years ago before we understood the importance of hand washing. So that's very important and why in many hospitals you'll see on the walls or uh, in other settings dispensers for the use of the alcohol-based hand gel products, and that's to be able to allow hand hygiene to occur. Ideally, if we had hospitals that were more modern and we look at uh, some of the new builds in hospitals, they often build redundant hand washing sinks. So there are hands-free capabilities. So there are paddles or uh, foot pedals or electric eyes to be able to allow hands-free hand washing with soap and water in that setting. But unfortunately, we have physical structures that are aging in many parts of the world. And that's why it's important to look at both aspects in the hospital setting for hand washing with soap and water, as well as hand hygiene with alcohol-based gel products. Other methods that are used that are multimodal are the requirement for leadership. This is important to have leadership from the top in hospital settings. In the United Kingdom, they had a setting whereby they were looking at improving their hand hygiene and we were told by our colleagues in the United Kingdom that the heads of many of the National Health Trusts, if they did not bring their hand washing rates 
uh, up a certain level, they could be looking for another job. So uh, they took this very seriously. So that leadership starts from the top and it becomes a very high profile item for hospitals or health settings to be able to pursue, which is very important. And that could be said for any organization uh, that it's a commitment uh, right from the top that this is an important uh, element and uh, one must focus on it. Another application in a multimodal setting is to look at the use of adult learning techniques. People who uh, learn at an adult level are different than, say, at a childhood level. So there have been a number of very unique features, um, poster campaigns that are directed towards uh, capturing adult attention. There have been um, plays. One uh, good example that was used some years ago was uh, Bugs on the Run that was uh, modeled after Band on the Run and the Paul McCartney tune. And they had a, a small set of actors that would move from ward to ward, talking about Bugs on the Run with a nice catchy tune. Uh, and people as adult learners are able to uh, reflect on that and uh, it wouldn't work in a childhood setting because they probably wouldn't know who Paul McCartney was in Band on the Run. But uh, certainly from an adult learning perspective, they're able to capture that. And so uh, often we're looking at behavioral psychologists and sociologists and others who are expert in adult learning techniques to be able to impart uh, unique novel methods to ensure that hand washing is done. So those are some of the other methods. Um, immediate feedback is being used now, and there are a number of engineering controls that people are uh, looking towards with video capture and then immediate playback to see if people are washing their hands or washing them properly. And so immediate audit and feedback. It's a little more difficult, but there are a number of systems around the world that are looking at new innovations to be able to try and bring about engineering controls to improve hand washing because you can only go so much and educational means as unique as they may sound people do tire of them and so having engineering controls just like you stop at a red light where the majority of people do and that forces the behavioral change that you're looking for so you can only do so much with education and so that's why a whole multitude of tools and techniques are used and what we call multimodal techniques to try and improve hand washing be it in the healthcare setting or in the meatpacking industry, or in a daycare setting, or in a school, or other public health setting. All very important, and each area can develop its own methods that might be effective in this setting in which they find themselves. In conclusion, I'll just summarize the three points again from this podcast. Firstly, that hands are a major source of transmission of microscopic organisms. Secondly, hand washing or hand hygiene is the single most effective means to prevent transmission. We consider it to be the cornerstone of all our hygienic measures. And thirdly, hand hygiene improvements in whatever setting that you find yourself require multiple methods to be employed to have the greatest level of success. Thank you. That was John Conley discussing the importance of hand hygiene in both everyday and clinical settings. Don't forget to visit patientsafetypodcast.com to find materials referenced in this episode. In addition to links and documents, you can find all our episodes for download there. You can also access them from w21c.org, or you can subscribe to the series for free from iTunes. We'd love to hear from you, so please email your feedback comments or suggestions for our series to w21cedu 
at ucalgary.ca. Thanks again for listening.